hello, hello. I'm your host, Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So today we are talking to Alyssa Daum, and I have no idea where this is going to go, but Here's why I wanted to talk to her and see, I want a show of hands. Of course, no one can see it, but I know they're out there. How many people can relate? So she went through and collected all those, checked off all those boxes that we kind of think are important, or perhaps other people are telling us this is how you should do it. This is the order you should do things. This is what you should. Keyword, should do. So got the education, got married. Let's throw some kids in there and has a career. Great. Life should be wonderful. Okay. We're going to let her fill that in because there was a little reset. There was a little reevaluation and what came of it, I um, know she's going to talk about her brand new book that is just being released in May 2022, is called This Life is Mine, an actionable approach for living a satisfying life today and tomorrow. I want to get started. So, hey, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so... I want to jump in, but I need you first to just tell us about you anywhere you'd like to start. Yeah. So I'm a very intentional person who's always been focused on living just a wonderful life. And so you, as you mentioned at the beginning, to me, that life looked like doing my best and getting my education, getting my family started and getting into a career and check, check, check. I I did all of those things. And So I find myself having created a life I've always wanted. And so it's such a wonderful place to be. And then though, once you've done all that, it's like, well, what am I doing next? Like, is this really it? Like really the Mm. next thing on the list after education, career, and family is retirement. So I'm like, what am I doing for the next 30 years? And, and so what I found is I'm just kind of living my life right now. I work in tech. I'm on a legal team as a legal professional and I'm living life with my husband and two kiddos, and I'm just trying to navigate through like, okay, now that I've done everything that, you know, I really wanted to do with my Mm -hmm. life, what am I doing now? And so that's kind of how I navigate through my day to day is like, what is important to me and how can I keep moving forward? 
So your life, and as you, again, achieve, 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 and then that's kind of in the rear view mirror. And then does it look like what you thought it would be? Or you're like, I thought this would feel a little different. Or you mentioned you have two kiddos and, you know, it's not as though they come out ready and functioning. It's a wonderful journey. Believe me, mine, I've got the checkered flag. Mine are all adulting and doing well. And time goes so quickly. So always just, you know, be careful about that, especially when you have them, because when did they, what just happened here? What do you mean? And, but it's great to see it all evolve before your eyes. So when you get this feeling, and it's not as though an emptiness, Was it just a push or a little nagging for more? Yeah, you know, how I would describe it is, I mean, you asked, like, is it what I hoped it to be? And and in a way it is. I am living the life that I expected to live. I just expected that once I had achieved what I wanted, that I would feel content. Mm. And so originally, that's kind of what I was going for there. And I thought there was something wrong with me. I was like, Alyssa, I mean, what's wrong? Like, are you ungrateful? Like, and that, that was not true. I appreciate everything I had. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, well then like, what is your problem? There must be something broken with you. And uh, as I was thinking about it, I tried looking up, like, why can't I be more content? Or like, maybe I just don't feel like I have some sort of purpose that I'm living. Like something about it feels off, even though I actually like my life as it is. And so as I started speaking to people, I started talking to others and they were saying similar things of like, my life just feels like it's the same day on repeat. And I have the things I want in my life, but it just feels like the routine and the rhythm of the whole thing. It's like, I'm supposed to keep doing this forever. Like, I just don't feel excited anymore. And, and so as I began hearing similar things from others, I started being like, oh, maybe it's not me. Honestly, maybe I need to trust that feeling. And instead of saying like, I'm a problem, maybe say there's a bigger problem. I need to lean into what I'm feeling to discover what exactly it is. We immediately go to what is wrong with me. But also when you say that you've always led that very intentional life. And I'm just curious as to like, were all of your choices yours? Because we do, we do get into the unconscious mode of life of the rinse and repeat. Is that all there is? And until we really find ourselves again, or really just step off the ride and get a little more focused to be like, okay, it doesn't have to be another day, another day, SOS, same old shit, whatever it is, you just kind of wake up one day or a little over time, and then maybe take that survey with other people or just start listening to other people. And you'll be like, okay, well, I'm not alone. Good news. And it's not me. Let's start there. I, I like the fact that you discovered that part. So you realize what and when. I think once I had my daughter, who's my younger child, I have two children. Once I had her and she hit about like nine months old and went to daycare, it was like, I was able to take a breath. So I finally had the space, you know, we've left the newborn fogginess stage mentally. I'm there time-wise she's in daycare. I'm there. And so I just realized 
everything was now in a maintenance mode. So how I describe it in my book is that basically there's kind of two levels of motivation. So the first is that you're just trying to like build your life. So make sure everything is stable. You're not going to be homeless. You have something to eat. Like you just need everything to be okay. Like your relationships are in order. Your career is in order. Like all those things you need for a stable life. That's like the first thing. And then once that is stabilized and you go into a maintenance mode, you enter into the second category. The only thing is, is I wasn't really sure that the second category existed. All I knew is I was done with the first one. And then I was like, okay, now what? And so that moment of realization really started to hit when everything had stabilized in my life. When you had a little quiet. Exactly. Yeah. All of a sudden you're alone with your thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's that. So was it just ideas at first observations or maybe did you always want to write? Being an author was never something that was on my bucket list. I've always enjoyed writing and people have affirmed that I'm good at it, but it wasn't really something I had set out to do on purpose. When I had that realization, that was before the pandemic began. So that was around January, 2020. So then I started writing the book in January, 2021. So for that year in between, I was basically cycling through like, okay, what's wrong. So first I targeted my job, like maybe I'm just not super happy with my job. Maybe I need to like change careers. And so that's something I focused on for the first half of the year. Then towards the second half of the year, I was being really picky. If I was going to change jobs, I wanted to change it have a meaningful change, not just find something to like band-aid the problem over. In the second half of 2020, I was like, okay, well, clearly we're not finding anything very quickly. Let's do something else while we wait to kind of like stretch us out. Cause I can't keep going like this. And I started volunteering and I started talking to new people and I started just engaging in the world a little bit differently and opening up just everything around me. During this time, I started to experience more happiness and more satisfaction. And I was like, hmm, maybe the job wasn't the problem. Maybe there was something deeper going on. And I still couldn't quite articulate it, but I kept leaning into that. That was the last half of 2020. So then at the beginning of 2021, I had an opportunity to be in writing of writing the book. I joined this group. It's called the Creator Institute. It was founded by a professor at Georgetown University, and it just encourages people to come together and write. That was basically the first half of my book writing journey. I had a developmental editor and I was going through this course. And while I was writing it, I was like, I just want to write on something I'm really, really passionate about. And it was specifically this, like life satisfaction, being happy, ensuring that I'm never going to feel like so dissatisfied again and what that all entails. And that's kind of how I started really deep diving into the subject. I'm a little envious. I mean, no one can see you as I can because you're on my screen, but you had this, I'll say, discovery pretty early on in your life. And that is something that I know for me came mid 40s. And this is after one's out of high school, one's just about graduating, you know, I'll have one left at home type thing where, again, I waited a while to pump the brake, let me step off the ride and had a lot of years of 
just moving very unconsciously, very invisible. So I commend you for having that awareness so early because quite honestly, your children, I really think are going to benefit from, I'll say the improved, not that better improved, whatever it is, not that you were schleppy, you know, you were it, but when you fill the room a little differently, when you're aware, when you're present, when you're just overall, I hate using the word happy because it's not a forever, but I think I'd like the word in your, in your title, which is satisfied. Yeah. And I think that's really one of the motivating factors is I feel like society does not give credence enough to this space of, okay, you spent your time building. And then now that you have freedom to live your life, it's like a gilded cage of what does that freedom even mean? So many times we spend that time building up our life to look a certain way. And then we aren't really empowered to continue moving and finding ourselves as we grow and change because yeah, you're right. When you're in your mid to late twenties, life looks different than when you're in your forties. There's so much change between that time. And it's not just person A and person B it's like person A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know, like you are just constantly moving and evolving. And I think that's where so many of the people I was speaking to they had changed and they were still living the life that the person they were five, 10, 15 years ago had created for themselves. And that's where so much of the dissatisfaction occurs. That is one of the most, I'll say profound things I've heard in a while, because it is so true. It's so true that yes, they've changed, but you're right. It hasn't caught up to them. And I'm not standing on, you know, judging the judger because I'm I'm not going to be those they people. I, you know, I know from my personal experience and people that I know very near and dear to me that you just forget. I mean, time goes quickly and all of a sudden you're not in your 20s anymore. Guys, get, you know, step it up, get with the program or you can't keep doing that crap or it's not working for you. When are you going to realize it? So yeah, there is so much growth, definitely in your 20s. And again, I was 20 a long time ago. And for us, it was really, really, it was a different time that was focused much more on coming out. Yes, working. So a lot of us, I mean, I got married young. I had my first two kids before I was 30. That was my plan. And now it's unusual to hear of, kids in their 20s, even, you know, they might live together. That's great. Go at it. But they're not marrying right now. Nonetheless, starting families, nonetheless, anything else. So it's a really different path that they're going to. So I'm sure that then their moment of or moments as they are evolving when they realize the growth period. Yeah, maybe it's a little later, I'll say. So the process, I was going to ask you how the process of the book is. I've, I've had a lot of authors feature their work on this platform, and I've been so, so grateful for that. I'm so curious. So you join this work group workshop and online, in person. What was that? That was online, especially during the pandemic, even if I was 
physically close by wasn't going to be in person. That's for sure. True that. Yes. I've spoken, like I say, to a lot of now published authors that did the same. And you mentioned, I mean, you never thought you were going to ever be an author, but you knew you could write, which then Mm -hmm. tells me you knew you had something to say. So I'll just talk about the Creator Institute for a moment. And it was started by an entrepreneurship professor at Georgetown. He went to his friends and he was like, how can I teach my students to um, be better entrepreneurs? And they're like, you should teach them how to write a book kind of as a joke because it's a bit of a mini project. You have to create this prototype thing. You have to crowdfund for it or raise money in order to put it to print. Then you have to fine tune it and fine tune it and you have to build a community around it and get feedback on it. And so he's like, okay. I mean, I was not a student at Georgetown. I joined a few iterations after he began this thing, but I heard one of the original students and I was like, that is so cool. Like I love writing. I think it'd be fun to write a book. I think entrepreneurship is interesting to me. I mean, I just love learning. So really throw any sort of new concept or idea to me. And I'm like, let me learn all about it. And so I joined, I was hesitant about it. It seemed like a crazy thing to say I was going to write a book, especially since it was pretty spontaneous. I was within one month of hearing it. I had joined the cohort. My husband was incredibly supportive. I felt like I could do it. I didn't know what topic I was going to write on at the beginning. I actually had thought I was going to write about how small businesses can compete with bigger ones on marketing. But then about a few weeks after that, I was, if I'm going to devote the next year and a half of my life to this subject, it needs to be something I really care about. (laughs) And so I pivoted to this topic, which I care immensely for, but it was so hard because I wasn't able to articulate many of the concepts I was feeling at the time. And yet they came to you. Oh my gosh. They did after sitting with it and researching. And I think I drove my husband and my developmental editor crazy. Cause I was like, I remember going to the mall with my husband. We live in California. So there's an outdoor mall over here that you can kind of like wander around, sit on the grass, just do whatever. And like for two hours, we talked and he asked me questions and I answered them about the book. And I was like, I should be able to answer this question with one sentence, but for whatever reason, I don't know exactly what it is I'm trying to say. All these concepts are like tip of the tongue. I was trying to identify something that just hadn't been articulated before. And it was driving me crazy. And eventually I was able to do it, but it was a long, long process that took a lot out of me for sure. Were you able to get your ideas on the screen quicker and then able to verbalize it? Because a lot of times it, I feel exactly similar path again, starting the podcast. I took a podcast class with a podcast accelerator online, eight weeks. And again, at the time, because I talked about, I love podcasts. I have a long commute in each direction. I listen to a thousand of them and I'm like, I could do this. I've got, you know, I've, I've got a lot to say give Stephanie a microphone and they did, but it was a really big difference of boom. Yep. Sign me up to, Oh, the work. Oh, idea. Um, 
hmm, I don't know what I'm going to talk like. And especially when you're in a group setting where people, you know, either have gone through their thought process longer or what have you. And that's the nice thing just about, I think, any creative is you came empty handed. You're like, I thought I wanted to do this, but I then and then I pivot. But more importantly is you showed up with perhaps trust that something will come to me. Yeah. And that's what it was. I entered the process being like, even when this wasn't my specific book topic, even the year before I was like, I will figure out how to come up with some sort of formula for life satisfaction. I will figure out how to answer the question of how can I, as a future oriented, ambitious person experience contentment or more present mindfulness. I will figure this out. It's going to take me some time because clearly normally I would just go to Google and ask my question and it would spit out my answer and I would be able to move on with my life. And that just wasn't happening at the time. And I was like, it's not going to answer my question. I I'll have to figure it out on my own. It'll take some work, but I will do it. And that's really what it came down to when writing the book. It took some time and it took a lot of reflection and just honestly, I mean, tears at times where I was like, I just don't understand. You have to break it down in order to build it up. You got to do that release. And believe me, I can't tell you how many times I like, let me have my meltdown. And then I'm like, all right, get your sick and clean up your face as Rachel would say, you know, wash your face, girl. Okay. I get, and it's a very true statement. It is, but you do need that release for sure. Yeah. And then you're reminded, of course you can do this at the end of the day. What's the worst case scenario? you publish a book that maybe your friends and family buy. Okay. Good news. You're still alive. You didn't lose an eye. You can try something else, put another one out. You can do a thousand things. It's not just the one and done. And oh my goodness, my name's not even going to be Alyssa after this because the whole story that we tell ourselves, like get a little grace, my goodness. And good for you and kudos for you got the balls to sit and try and and tell people that you were writing a book (laughs) that's even more I knew I was doing it for myself I think there's a lot of things in my life where like I'm showing up for other people but this was one where I was like it felt very low risk it was something I was even if I do not publish this book it's a subject that's meaningful to me. And that's kind of why I ended up changing subjects in the first place, because I was like, I don't know where this is going to lead me, but I want to ensure a win-win situation for me. Like regardless of anything that happens, taking these steps will be a win for me. And that makes me feel more comfortable because for me, it was a huge sacrifice. I mean, anyone writing a book, it's a sacrifice in some regard. Like, it's not like this was my full time. I like, I work full time and as a mother and as a wife, I had to take the space to write. I had to ensure that I wasn't just planning an investment for myself, but that it was an investment for my family. And I had to ensure that this would be a win for us. And that didn't necessarily mean that a book would be published. Fortunately, that's what it turned into. But it meant that I was going to grow as a person. I was going to benefit my family by doing it and that it would be a wonderful thing all the way around. And that sort of motivation, that intrinsic motivation is how you get the biggest things done in life. They get a better version of you. Exactly. That's that's the priceless part of it. And go back to what you just said is carving it out. Now, 
I'm a big proponent. Everyone might get tired of hearing me say we all have the same 24 hours in a day. I have a long commute Monday through Friday. I'm out of my house 12 hours a day. So anything I want to do, I work out early in the morning, like at 4.35 o'clock. That's my time because I can. Mm -hmm. I'm too tired when I come home. And when I'm doing the course, when I'm recording on podcasts or taking other courses to sharpen my skill, I'm carving it out. I'm like, okay, I'll go to bed a little later tonight. That's okay. It's not going to be an everyday because it's important. It's the priority. And that's great that, again, you had the insight because you knew it's going to impact. You didn't get to give up one of your identities. Well, nope, still have two kids. Still have that job and that husband and probably the house to take, you know, and all of that. How many hours a week did you devote to writing? It depended on the phase of writing I was in. I will say that if you're just looking at the revisions process, so in January, February of this year, I was in the revisions process for my book. That I would easily spend 200 hours on in two months. So it was a significant amount of time. And I would say May and June of 2021, June was when I finished my first draft of the manuscript. 50,000 words, probably they're not very good which is why I had to spend 200 hours, like half a year later, revising them. But, and during that time, the first part of writing a book, you're just putting together stories and finding common threads. And then at some point it's like, you have some sort of convergence of ideas. So you have all these random thoughts that seemingly like, Oh, they kind of make sense together. And then you like start writing. Cause all of a sudden, like, what writing 5,000 words when you have so many different ideas running around takes a whole bunch. But then when everything starts coming together, it's like you just tick, 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 tick. And so I was writing about 5,000 words a day in June. And that was many, many hours too. So it was a significant amount of time. And to me, it worked out only because I'm going to say something that sounds weird. You know, the concept of mom guilt. <laughs> Wrote the book, gold medal winner. Go ahead. Yes, of course we know the concept. Yeah, I think it's the most useful tool we have. Parent guilt, dad guilt, mom guilt. It is your body telling you that whatever you're doing in your life is not the priorities you want. So around these biggest deadlines, if I started feeling like I was spending too much time away from the family, like in June, when my manuscript was due, I spent a weekend and the kids and I, and my husband, we went camping in February when I was finishing up revising the book, we spent a day and we went to SeaWorld. Like for me, that space away, I had to lean into those times when I was feeling guilty and say like, okay, that means that we need to reprioritize and shift around a bit. And I took big breaks afterwards. I delayed my publishing by four or five months in order to take the summer off to be with the kids. I found the space. I carved it, accepted it as the time I was going to take. And then I used what I was feeling about that time to kind of rearrange other things in the schedule. And that worked out really well for me. My family has thrived throughout the time I was writing the book. And I can see easily how it might not have been that way if there wasn't constant communication, if I wasn't listening to myself internally, if I wasn't giving myself the proper space. Again, wow. To Just to have that now, because I know some people would power through 
Mm-hmm. As again, we're all so good at, we're going to power through and rationalize. Cause I was going to say, how did you really fit your balance? But the fact that you gave yourself the grace, you allowed yourself and it still connects the family to I'm doing this. This is important to me. And I think it's a, again, another great example that you're showing your children is oh, you know, mom is typing, mom is working, mom's writing her book. And oh, we're going to have a fun weekend. Okay, great. It's just, you can do both. But during the week, we're going to just do something else. You are because then I'm going to be busy wrapping this up. And they feel a part of it. Yes, yes, absolutely. So the book, tell me the title again. Uh, It's called This Life is Mine, An Actionable Approach for Living a Satisfying Life Today and Tomorrow. And that is exactly what it's about. (laughs) And the actual launch date, I know it's uh, May. Is there a date date that it drops on? There's not an exact date quite yet. It depends how it goes through. Right now it's with copy editing. So um, it goes through a few rounds and we'll get the exact date, but it's probably the latter half of May. And then are there going to be maybe any pre-orders? Where can everybody look for you, look for it? I just want them. I want to say this a few times. I think it's going to be a really good read for people of all ages and not just women. Everybody's got the same struggle, the Mm -hmm. same trying to balance. More identities are involved with some people than others. We're people. It is written universally for people. It doesn't matter who you are. The framework I put in there for life satisfaction is for everyone. It empowers every single person to live the life they uniquely want to live. And then also have these concepts in mind so that they're ensuring that as they live their life, they're maintaining a strong level of life satisfaction. As it relates to pre-orders, people can definitely go to my website, alyssadom.com and pre-order a signed copy of the book. Otherwise, it'll be out on Amazon and Barnes and Noble for purchase in the latter half of May. And that is spelling your last name, D-A-U-M. Yes, D-A-U-M as in Mary. Mm -hmm. Yes, correct. So what I like also is you very nicely articulated your book and everyone can get the idea of it. A Far Cry from those two hours sitting on the lawn at the mall with your husband. Again, it takes a little time. The ideas are there once, you know, the coffee percolating or the tea kettle reaching the boiling point. It's there, add a little heat to it and give it a little more focus. And then it shows itself. Yeah, it is quite the feat that I was able just to describe my book in that short manner, as opposed to those hours. Right. You were like, it took me two hours. I really don't even know what, because I believe me, I get like that where um, I don't say complete sentences. I'm just throwing fragmented words out. I'm like, I don't know why I can't finish this because it's here. It's up in your head. And I don't know, it's taken a detour by the time it connects your thought to bring it out to actually be verbal about it. But the more it cooks, the more it gets attention, the more you practice on it, then you're like, oh, okay, here it is. Yep. Mm -hmm." And 
you said it so beautifully, by the way. Just so you know, you know exactly what your book is about. <laughs> that was a huge win. Huge win. <laughs> Yay! Huge, huge win. All right. So tell me where we can find you. I know you mentioned uh, the website, yes. which is your name. Yes. And similarly, you can go on Instagram. I'm at Alyssa.dom. And so you can find me there as well. Okay. So definitely everybody go and follow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And I look forward to my pre-order and celebrating your launch. I think it's a wonderful achievement. And usually where there's one, there's more. So maybe there'll be uh, another. I'm not saying sequel, but again, your life is just going to keep changing and things are going to present themselves. And you are eyes wide open. Yes. I'm sure there will be another one. Not for a long time though. I'm so tired. Okay. (laughs) Well, you know what? I think you definitely take the time to celebrate. I think you should probably hopefully have celebrated already. If you haven't, you should, because holy shit balls, look what you did. Like, oh, it's in final copy edit. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know. You wrote a book. Like (laughs) who says that? Right. It's shocking. I love it. That is amazing and something very much to be proud of. So take the wins, celebrate well-deserved. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for your time. Thank you. All right, everybody. I can't wait to get my hands on that book. It's coming out during my birthday month in May. So thank you. Thank you. As always for listening. I love the comments on the website. Keep them coming. Anywhere you would listen to your pods, Spotify, Spotify started doing reviews. We would so love a five-star review if you like what you're hearing. And I think you are liking what you're hearing based on the feedback, which means the world. Joyfoundhere.com is where you're going to find us and let us know how we're doing. And until the next time, be well. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.